Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We are talking about the second half of Spooky Little Girl, an episode of the show American Horror Story where there are zero spooky little girls by my count. I am joined again by Miss Shadow Lovely and Slow Beef. Hey gang. Hey. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be the spooky um, little girl for this episode since there aren't any. I was going to say, did I did I miss one? Cuz like upon review, no. I really don't think there's a single spooky little girl in this. Uh, Honestly, I, yeah. Like as we identified in the last um, half of this episode, the only like character that appears in this episode that isn't in anything else is Beth. Liz so, Short. Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Short. So, and she's yeah. like clearly in her 20s. So, um, I don't know. Feels weird to call. And she's also <laughs> like, adopted- aggressively trying and aggressively trying to sleep yeah. with people, which is not behavior I would like to have labeled on so- or someone who's labeled little girl. No yeah. thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's not that spooky either, if we're being honest. No, there's a lot. No, wrong. she's mostly cute. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really work. Yeah. Oh, well, um, if you forgot, uh, I had been repeatedly teasing last episode what Ben Harmon was going to do to his freaking wife. And um, (laughs) yeah, that's where we start. Uh, We start off with Ben going to see Vivian at the Stike Ward. And um, she's like fully uh, locked in a room and all that. Um, So the framing on this is really weird. They have like Viv is very close to the camera, lying down and looking at the camera and like clearly awake. Ben is, like, sitting behind her, so he presumably can't see she's awake? It's weird. It's, like, Uh unclear whether or not Ben thinks Vivian is hearing what he's saying. (laughs) Um, And it all sucks what he says, by the way. You might think that he would show up and be like, oh, God, right, I'm sorry, I forgot that this is part of the medical system I work in, and this is a horrible part of it, and I'm sorry you've been taken into it. I'll use everything in my medical experience to get you out of here. No, what he says is, yeah, I bet you thought I was going to use my psych stuff to pull strings to get you out of here, but I know you fucking cheated on me, so I'm never helping you ever again. You're you're dead. You're dead to me. You're going to rot in here forever, you piece of shit. And it's you just know, like, it's like, what? This whole life, you act so holier than thou, and then it turns out you're just a big cheater after all, and it's like, what the hell, Ben? Like, are you seriously that dense, my boy? Yeah. Ben, who earlier in this episode was like, I can't have the hottest threesome in history. I I love my wife. <laughs> I would also like to point out that on top of everything, um, he is also just like, I, I mean, very unbrand, but um, a huge coward because right before he goes in, he, he for what it's worth, he does think that she's unconscious because before he That's- goes into the room, um, some random nurse who's letting him in is like, Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, your wife's in there. We have her like real sedated, like real, real sedated. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, I missed that. Okay, and I, also our really shitty doctor thinks that your wife's crazy and that uh, she has a BDSM f- fetish, which is why she keeps hallucinating being assaulted by a man in a gimp suit. And like, which is great. Yeah, I think I I actually even forgot that nurse too. I was think I was gonna say because the way it's shot also is he does this speech and then they show she's awake as if to say ah see audience she thought you know he at least thought that she was asleep or whatever but like which but yeah, that makes what ben does even more pathetic yeah, right because no, like it, yeah because if he would have said it to her at least then there would have been like resolve behind it there would have been like effort there would have been risk but no he does it because he thinks she's sweepy it's, god that's so much worse yeah i showed like i to, to be clear with uh the listeners i for a long time as in between here and roughly the end of the episode thought this scene was just straight up supposed to be a hallucination because it makes no sense mm-hmm. it's like ben just appears at the psych ward for no real discernible reason <laughs> and then is just like hey uh fuck you to someone who's not awake he thinks and then is like okay i'm done bye and leaves like it makes Oh. And it doesn't help that like the end of that scene is the camera panning over to Vivian's face, which we previously have not seen, and us realizing that she's just been laying there awake the whole time, which does make it seem like a a dream sequence, but it's funnier in the context of that like she has no fucking idea what he's talking about. So she's just laying there while he goes off on this weird tangent about her being this like self righteous harlot, and she's just like 
sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, right. Like, why, yeah. what is your problem? This is another case of Ben Harmon um, temporarily switch, switching to like his like fifth or whatever character um, that they occasionally make him be, which is the the noir detective, hard boiled <laughs> Ben, which never works and is always weird and legit reads as a dream sequence or hallucination every time it happens because it's so out of place. Hey, remember that time Ben just appeared in Larry's apartment with no prompting and then was like smoking a cigarette trying to do like some hard ass like I know where you live asshole thing. Yeah, it's this, but to his wife he thinks is unconscious, so he's like trying to do the hard knows detective thing but to like a coughing baby so it just doesn't work <laughs> i he does know it again, too he does it later in this episode in an equally pathetic manner it's very funny <laughs> i think yeah. this is what ben thinks he is like this is like ben thinking that like he's like a really cool guy but every single time he does this it's against someone who in theory um is much weaker and uh you know like Ben could probably take in a fight like maybe not the last interaction he has in this episode but both Larry and his wife I feel like he feels like I could I could take this person in a fight I feel strong enough to do this weird little speech it feels like they're trying to do like maybe like some kind of like how Ben's like reaction or or feel like try to get his inner monologue out in a way but it's just so awkward because of this like this whole thing you know They could have him screaming in his bedroom and crying or something, and that would be more effective than him yelling at his wife for some (laughs) reason. His unconscious wife. You know, it's like a thing, too. Like, therapists have therapists. You know, that's like a thing, you know? I mean, that's... uh, So it's, it's like, there's like so many other ways they could maybe have done this, you know? I don't know. <laughs> but I think Ben knows how shitty of a therapist he is, and he's like, "Ah, well, all therapists must be like this, so I can't possibly <laughs> see one. I should never give one my money." The whole point of therapists oh. is try to sleep with you. So yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, like it's one of those things where if you're a scam artist, you're like acutely aware. So like you get tipped <laughs> off if someone else is being scammed, and you're like, "Wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! Don't, don't try- wait, wait!" <laughs> <laughs> This whole thing is just a big ploy to get you to sleep with them. I know better. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> just, like, and try apparently to do- that's the one thing that works. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we've got a flashback to when Ben decided to bang one of his students. This was so weird, too, <laughs> cool. it didn't read like a flashback at first, because it was just Ben and Hayden in the bar, and you're like, wait, what? And then it's and then you f- like figure later from context, yeah, like, oh, I guess it's the past, you know? This which, like, show yeah, refuses c- to use, like, framing to show you when it's a flashback they either a give you a title card with a specific date that they expect you to be paying full attention to the show in order to see or nothing you get no like color grade correction you get no like (laughs) a visual effects of any kind nothing you just have to be like well this couldn't be happening in current day so it has to be a flashback this show hates it it's even worse than that, too, because not only do they not give you indicators, they lead from the previous scenes <laughs> yeah. in ways that make a casual viewer assume continuity. Like, yeah, they have exactly. been finish his discussion with, or discussion, finish yelling at his wife, <laughs> <laughs> unconscious. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to leave the hospital now. And then they cut to Ben showing up at a bar. With- so it's got continuity, so you assume it's not a flashback until Hayden's there fucking around, and, and- then you're like... Wait. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not totally clear on ghost rules, because, like, you know, also, it also almost seems also like he's like, all right, if Vivian's a liar to me, I can just sleep with Hayden and whatever, and who cares, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. It's just the only clue you have is like, wait, Hayden shouldn't be here. But also this show sucks about its own rules. So who the hell knows? And also Hayden <laughs> has like already broken some rules. We're pretty sure it's yeah. unclear. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben is back at the bar um, talking to Hayden. This is pr- before the, before the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a terrible teacher, too. Yeah. yeah gl- glad to see because. She just straight up, like, Hayden's just like, oh, yeah, how's it going, teach? And he's just like, oh, my freaking wife. (laughs) (laughs) My wife miscarried our baby. She sucks so bad. (laughs) (laughs) The old ball and Jane. (laughs) 
Ben Harmon is truly the worst. Yeah, she just wants help with like her homework because he's her college professor. And they're at a bar, I guess. I don't know whose idea that was. Um, Ben's. But yeah, probably Ben's, <laughs> yeah. if we're being honest. Um, and Hayden's like, all right, well, I'm having some trouble with interpersonal communications. Can you like help me with it so that I don't fail? And he's like, my freaking wife. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just kind of drama dumps on her as, as he's like chugging beers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like th- that's the thing that kind of tilts me about this is like I went to a university that had enough bars and restaurants like close to campus that occasionally you would get professors out at the same bars that like students would go to. Right. But do you know how they act when they're there? They order a couple beers and a meal, enjoy themselves with a close group of friends, and then they leave. Yeah. Like, they're not there to party and try to, like, fuck around. Like, that's not what they're there. They're there to, like, have a meal and a beer, maybe with, like, one of their research assist- like, or, uh, yeah, maybe, like, a research assistant or, like, one of their graduate students or something. But, like, not... Just randomly like chugging beers at a bar and being like, hope somebody hits on me. That's That's so weird. Even if this were innocent, that's also how like rumors start. So you'd even think like people would be smart enough to think like, yeah, I shouldn't like be out fraternizing with like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Also (laughs) um, in this scene alone, like I guess they were trying to emphasize like the age difference because again they keep trying to make us think that Hayden is like really really young even though she's clearly like in her mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, where like Ben just keeps like doing things that, as like a millennial woman, if an older man were doing these, I would be like, mm, gross actually. Like just fully going full boomer. Like they don't make music like they used to. <laughs> like that kind of shit. Like okay, oh. grandpa. <laughs> And for some reason, this does not give Hayden the ick, and she decides, I'm still going to bang him, actually. <laughs> this is good. I like it. <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of the flashback, is just um, him being sad and cringy and boomery, uh, and Hayden being like, that's the good shit. Uh, and then it cuts to <laughs> present day, I guess. Um and now Hayden and Ben are at the house. I guess people... The thing that is very funny to me is that um, none of the Harmons, and I guess neither the previous owners of the house either, um, no one ever questions random fucking people being in their home, ever. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, oh, you don't live here, but it's fine that you're just here always. I didn't let you in or anything. It's just fine that you're here. This is normal. This is normal and real. <laughs> this is fine, yeah. Um, especially Constance, who is always there um Mm -hmm. but right now hayden's there and ben is like i don't know wistfully looking off out at the garden um and hayden's like what's up um it's in this scene that i realized that hayden had now even more bruises all over her body um like this is where the scene is where you can see like she has hella bruises on her neck like she's been like strangled to death which she wasn't um we all know this she was hit with a shovel yeah she should have a big a big like uh, a big (laughs) Big thought bubble that just says bonk like a big (laughs) noise bubble over her head at all times or something yeah (laughs) she was doing all these serious or something imagine she's doing all these serious scenes with this big red shovel mark on her face like (laughs) a clear imprint (laughs) but like like, damn in, in terms of inconsistent ghost rules, too, because, like, it's not even, like, maybe she wasn't properly buried or something, because neither was Moira, and Moira gets, like, a super She's buried on top of Moira, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn, that would have been, been a plot twist, since they were buried together, like, now they're, like, bonded, like, ghost soulmates, and she's like, actually, I'm just gonna be deal. with the really hot maid ghost for the rest of eternity. We all get a happy ending. Yeah, um, you know, honestly. Yeah, ending B, you know? It's- yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not what happens because Mm -hmm. Hayden is standing in the back with bonus bruises inexplicably. Um, And Hayden just tries to like make a move on Ben an additional time. And Ben's like, no, I have decided I love my wife immensely again and will not betray her. (laughs) Hey, remember last scene? I don't. Well, anyway. <laughs> so then Hayden, like, goes to... Uh, he's, I'm better than like, her. Like, he explains... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he just says, like, I- I'm a wife guy. I've never loved you. I will never love you. I'm sorry. It was a mistake. I fucked up. And then Hayden's like, okay, can I get a hug? And Ben, being history's stupidest human being, is like, oh, yeah. 
bring it in. You know, oh, you know, to be, like that's the thing that's really inconsistent is he gives her like an okay-ish speech, meaning of like, look, I took advantage of the situation, and it's supposed. This is like reading like it's supposed to be like Ben's finally like has that narrative arc part where he's been through hell and he's come out a better person and all that. But he just had that scene with Vivian, which didn't like totally undercuts it. It does not yeah. work. You know? Yeah, because they, like, legitimately have him say, like, I was abusing my position of power. It was a fucked up thing for me to do. Which, like, yes, this is why professors shouldn't sleep with students. You got it. There's an implicit power <laughs> dynamic that you're taking advantage of whether you want to or not. Yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. And so Ben mentions this, which is like, okay, great, man. But you just yelled at your wife for doing what you did. <laughs> like, you, uh... there's, there's nothing, right? You can't, like, do anything with it. Because, you know, because I was even trying to think think of what they were going for and it's like in her case there's like because he's thinking she's cheated on him and now there's a baby involved but even still it's like no you fucked up too bad you you got caught lying even after the initial fuck you know it's like it doesn't freaking work at I all mean, I it's, it. and i know we're just going over it it's just so mad it makes me so mad anyway it's us going in circles because the show will go yeah. in circles for its entire runtime, but it is literally what we always say that it is, which is they want their cake and to eat it too, which is they had to have this scene where he gives the speech to Hayden so that the writers can be like, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. Yeah. We know, we know it's fucked up that he had sex with his student. We know. it's This is him acknowledging it so you know that we know that. Right. Anyway... He's going to kiss her now. It's, it's yeah, it's Tate Jr., meaning that, like, it's, like, impossible to reconcile the crimes with the redemption, but, like, to a lesser extent, just because Tates were so heinous, you know? So They're going yeah. to try, goddammit. Oh, yeah. They're oh, going oh, yeah. to try. They're not done. <laughs> and, and, yeah, as Liz mentioned, um, yeah, Hayden goes in for a kiss, and Ben's like, yeah, all right, after this big <laughs> speech, which is, like, again, you if you had the resolve in the moment to say that, the correct response for the character to have would like, be yeah. to have one more millimeter of resolve and go, like, no, no, Hayden. No, 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 no. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, that... <laughs> like, all, it, it comes across, like, almost... But you know, it comes it, off it, as someone who's never like broken up with someone or been broken up with in their entire life. Like, just really... To me, it comes off like Ben has like early onset dementia and he just totally like <laughs> forgot what really? he just said to Hayden. And he's like, oh, sick. Hot ladies kissing me. Like, I feel like every time he sees a boob, he gets like early onset dementia and is like, oh, wh what, what is my wife? Who, who is my wife? I've never had a wife before. What is that? I know that moment. Um, do to be like, come on, man, you gotta focus a little bit here. Ben, Ben, get your head in the game. Come on, but like, you have a wife. Going on pay here. attention, pay attention. And he's like, why? Don't trust him. Don't trust him. And then it's just a tattoo of himself. <laughs> Don't believe it lies. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, then the parting words as Hayden's like, mm, cool kiss. Uh, by the way, you deserve to know. Um, Pretty sure Vivian is screwing your uh, your security guy. Um, I'm not going to provide any evidence to substantiate this fact, um, but you're going to go with it 100% full tilt. And, and like, Ben's like, mm -hmm. you're right, I am. And you don't even need that. Like, you, it would have been totally valid for him to just make the assumption because he's a jerk. And you know what I mean? Like, I, this this doesn't help anything. Damn it! Like, yeah, it's the thing is, yeah, Hayden Hayden specifically telling him this doesn't add anything because we already know he's assuming this. Like, yeah. he's already primed for it. So you could literally just have him find like something that Luke accidentally left behind or something. Like, Luke left a pair of shitty sunglasses on the counter and he picks it up and goes. These aren't my sunglasses. What the fuck? Like any, anything, right? Like there's so many ways to do this and having Hayden be like, oh, by the way, me who you implicitly shouldn't trust. Trust me real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, and you know what? Even if actually, even if there was like nothing, right? Even if like we wouldn't be saying like, well, how could Ben assume that? That's so whatever. Because he like is already assuming that and stuff. You know, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. I hate this so much. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a really fun trend in this show of um, people getting information that is very clearly false from people who have and will continue to try and mislead them for every interaction they ever have. And that person who's being misled being like, 
no, actually, I implicitly trust this person. This person has the best intentions for me and has no reason to mislead me again. What the? Um, <laughs> as they are misled each I and every time. I can't believe it. <laughs> Have you Real no shame? Real stepping on race situation. <laughs> Hey, uh, how can I not trust you? You, Hayden, you have no reason to try and sabotage my marriage. I trust you implicitly. Um, we haven't talked to Constance in a while. What do you think she's up to? She's at her own house. Can you believe it? Um, no. She's in the home that she owns and lives in. That's so crazy. Uh, and Travis comes in and... Well, actually, no. She comes in. He's in the fr- he's in the kitchen emptying the fridge like a raccoon would empty a garbage can, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Hey, little buddy, uh, sorry for being mean to you. Uh, you want to sit down? Uh, I have something I want to talk to you about." And Travis is like, "Okay." And she's like, "Hey, little buddy, uh, you want to get married?" And Travis is like, "Hmm, what? You want to run that by me again?" And she's yeah, like, hey, we were just doing like a fun thing, I thought. Uh, I, ooh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm, you're like 900 years old and I'm like 23. Um, and then Constance just decides to continue to add fuel to the fire and be like, yeah, um, I'm going to like steal this baby and it's going to need a dad. <laughs> I need a dad because I'm going to go steal a baby to raise. And she says this like it's something that Travis is going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 no problem, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, I'm glad you uh, suggested it because I thought you'd think I was crazy for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, same brain. <laughs> oh, God. So um, this isn't what happens. Um, Travis understandably goes like, I don't think that's no probably not and then Constance is like what so you can go be a little model or whatever like she just like berates him for having hopes and dreams because she has had her shattered like 40 times or whatever and thus like cannot allow any you know you know like it's that thing right um and and so then Travis is just kind of like hey come on don't come on (laughs) and then um Decides, like, I'm not taking this. I'm going to leave and go have sex with a ghost. (laughs) Um, Which is good for him. And, yeah, Constance uh, freaks out at him because, like, of course, it's a big big fight at this point, of course. Right. Um, And Travis... Oh, yeah. Travis doesn't make any additional mention of stealing the baby, which I also agree, feel like that would be my... Top line of questioning <laughs> in this situation would be, hey, Constance, so um, about stealing that baby, like before I said no, I would be like, oh, that's very interesting, Constance, what baby? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what baby are we stealing? Or maybe the implication is that Travis is just so fucking stupid, he thinks that's how like adoption works. Like he's like, oh yeah, you just, <laughs> like, you just like take a baby. Yeah, everybody just steals a baby. That's what adoption is. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you just, you just hang out by the fire station wait for someone to leave a basket on the front stoop and then you run out and take it and now you got a baby (laughs) yeah everyone knows this god travis is such a a pure idiot just a a beautiful beautiful boy with not a single brain cell in that little skull of his um yeah he goes to fuck hayden now because that's what uh he does i guess um this is also um him following up on her being like Hey, I'm a ghost who's just trying to see if I can fuck people and him being like, oh, cool. I'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> here he is. He's back. He's back to fuck the ghost that has explicitly told him is a ghost uh, and he has no issue with it. At least he gets well, something like, out of it, question mark. And like, you know what? He's, he's He not only gets some nice sex, it's also like he's confirmed that there's like an afterlife. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe he like thought about it like this is all good for me. <laughs> He's like, this is good, actually. We can fuck ghosts. That's actually pretty sick. Let me sign up for this. Maybe a little literally, right? It's a little, it's a little sick. You know, it's not yeah. great, but all right. I mean, hey, it, it, the good news is he's confirmed there's an afterlife because yeah. he's about to take an express <laughs> ticket there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, he does exactly what he did last time, which is have sex with Hayden. Um, she does not finish. She is frustrated. I'm not sure if that's for us, the audience, to know that she is frustrated. Um, we already know she's frustrated because Ben has just um, decidedly broken up with her. Um, and instead of like making any kind of progress as a character, Travis, who is a beautiful, sweet idiot, is like, 
no, actually, I love Constance, and I'm going to marry yeah, her like, and help her steal uh, a baby. Yeah, as he's, like, pulling up his pants uh, while I'm cheating, too, he's just like, ah, well, I just had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> he always, like, has this epiphany after he has sex with Hayden. He's like, damn, I love my MILF girlfriend. I'm going to help her steal a baby. Uh. And then Hayden just goes, "I, you're too dumb. I can't take this. I'm sorry, man. And then, like, stabs him in the back with a dagger, like, 40 times. I can't blame her, though, to be honest. You know, I mean. I, my thing, my, okay, so this will be a reoccurring theme. Um, It was a theme in Roanoke uh, that I brought up in Roanoke, and I'm bringing it up now, and I will bring it up in every single season where there is a rule that if you die on the premises, you are a ghost there forever. You think that... At least some of these characters, like Hayden, though she is fucking insane, it has her wits about her for the most part. She's yeah. cunning. She's conniving. She has like the ability to like form plans and enact she's, them. She's saner um, dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's saner now that she's a ghost. Um, these characters who have like their wits about them and are capable of doing logical thought, um, always kill people that they know will become a ghost on the premises that they wouldn't want to have to spend eternity with. I feel like if I was a ghost, vengeful or not, if there was a chance someone I fucking hated was going to die on the premises and I was going to be stuck with them forever, I would go above and beyond to make sure that I didn't kill them on the premises. Yeah. Like I would make I would make sure they didn't trip and fall. I would make sure that they always had like supervision. I would go as far as I could to make sure I didn't get trapped in a house with a person I didn't like for the rest of eternity. <laughs> That's like, yeah. it would be like one thing if it was a mistake a ghost made every like 300 years or something, but it feels like it's like every 20 minutes with these dipshits. No, you're absolutely, <laughs> yeah, constantly. exactly. Yeah. There's gotta be that awkward ghost invite moment, you know, but like, yeah, you'd think you'd get it after a little bit. <laughs> and the thing that's annoying is they acknowledge it because, like, when what's his name, the the landlord guy who they all teamed up to murder, um, when they murder him, like, they go as far as to say, like, oh, make sure to get him off the property before he dies, which isn't a thing. He's definitely already dead, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, like they know it's not like it's a thing that they just like are not aware of. They're very aware. Um, they just sometimes forget to do it. They're just like, ah, well, shit. I guess uh, I guess Travis is a ghost here forever now. Great. Speaking of people knowing things or being aware of things that they probably shouldn't, um, according to the rest of the story of the show, Ghost Travis does just pop up uh, immediately afterwards. Like he within ten seconds is like, whoa, I'm aware that I'm a ghost and died, which is a big problem. Problem when there's so many characters who were not aware they were ghosts it's and died so... when Travis, the canonical stupidest motherfucker in the universe, dies and immediately pops up and within 500 milliseconds goes, I died and am a ghost now. There's like no consistency because like it's not even like, oh, like there's something like undone in their lives or whatever, you know, because like. Hayden has, like, a million threads and problems, but she's immediately like, yeah, I'm a ghost, what's up? And I kind of like it, and I know how to deal with it. And, you know, like... I, yeah! I do. Like, they could have at least had Travis stand up and be like, whoa, that was some kinky stuff, and then have Hayden just be like, I killed you, stupid. Yeah. Like, that would... That would have been so much better and would have kept them having the rules or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, or just have him stand up and be like, whoo, not usually into that much BDSM. Wow, that really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I do. Like, uh, anything. I have to say, I actually love this half of the scene. It's one of my favorite scenes, and I wish with every fiber of my being that this was the tone of the rest of the show because Hayden stabs, like, in a comical manner where, like, Travis says a dumb thing and Hayden's like, I'm sick of this, and then, like, just murders him. That in and of itself is funny. And then Travis just popping up over her shoulder and being like, whoa, I'm dead. Guess I won't be able to be famous now. And then Beth's ghost <laughs> just appears over Hayden's other shoulder and she's like no actually now that you're dead you're gonna be more famous like me and then a fourth stooge ghost Dr. <laughs> Montgomery shows up over <laughs> the other shoulder and is like da, 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 da. Oh. it's Dr. Montgomery da, 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 da. cutting up bodies yeah. it's time this dude just heard there was a corpse and was like I'm in God, it's so funny cause yeah like every other ghost is like they've been introduced in this episode you know you'd expect them to be there or whatever and Charles Montgomery just rolls up with a mask full of ether like body yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those things I heard there was a body in here which is really funny because 
Hayden and Travis just had sex, which means these ghosts were so nearby just waiting for something cool to happen that, like, they're, like, looking at their ghost watches. Like, when do you think they're going to be done? You think she's going to kill him? Like, I can't wait to hop in here and get involved in this goofy-ass scene. Like, I wish this was, the like, the tone for the rest <laughs> of the show because it is so fucking funny. Um, and Charles Montgomery, who fucking loves dead bodies is like he he it's time for me to get to play build a bear with this with this man's body now and he does exactly what he did to beth's body a hundred percent and that's what frustrates me too because like there's these things where like the the wife you know she had like a, a gunshot in the back of her head or sometimes the ghosts are like damaged in the way they were killed like or moira's eye but like dahlia and him are it's just like the ghost rules are like ah oh, you're too fucked up we'll just give you regular body yeah. You'll, well, I, I, guess think, yeah. I think Beth gets a pass because she like got gassed to death oh, by the that's fair. sleeping yeah, okay. gas. Travis, however, was stabbed about a million times. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. should be fully stabbed to death and he's not. So, so gotcha. So it was the wound or injury that killed you. Yeah, okay. He's, I just, say. he's just too hot to ha- but they did the same thing in Roanoke where like the hunter ghosts had their face blown off, but the rest of the ghosts were just like normal people who had no injuries or sign of harm to their bodies in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it's just that they want to have the visual of like a spooky uh like like what is that? We're prosthetic. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, on yeah. a person, um, but they don't want to commit to having every person look like that. Yeah. Um, all the time. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, and like the rule doesn't make sense for certain things like Dahlia and stuff like that, where it's like, what is? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like well, how are we gonna do this? Even you know, but like anyway. Yeah. Or anyone that Charles Montgomery had access to before they died. Yeah. So they are like just in pieces, which. I don't know. Maybe they can control all the pieces in, independently, like Monsoon. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> be able to like rocket punch someone from across the room as a ghost. That sounds hot. That sounds cool. <laughs> I think they should do that. Real yeah, spirit, dead sick. by daylight energy. Just limbs <laughs> yeah. that move independently of the rest of the body. Absolutely. Give give me spirit dead by daylight in this. No, but unfortunately, they gave us um. Dr. Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> and he is he is here to do a bad job again. And um <laughs> he does it. And the thing too is just like afterwards, he, when he's done with the body, like they, they go up to him and they're like, Hey, uh you didn't do a good job. You just like <laughs> again. C- cut him into pieces. And he's like, Yeah, I cut him into pieces, drain the blood. Um it's more portable now. <laughs> and they're like, exactly what I he guess. said about the last one, too. So they just yeah. keep letting Charles do this. And each time they're like, Charles, you're doing a bad job. And he's like, the, Well, I had fun. I get the good rate I, even I if it. I do a bad job. So <laughs> yeah, fine. I already I've been paid for this. It's fine. Um I love this. This is my this is my passion, it's a passion truly. Yeah, exactly. Is doing this. Um, Everyone else is damned to the house. Charles Montgomery is ecstatic to be yeah. there. Yeah, he's having yeah. a great time. It's what if his he's house. just alive? <laughs> yeah, he never dies. <laughs> Some guy at the house, anyway. Uh, so. And then it cuts to a very confusing scene. Like, confusing uh, in the way that they framed it. Like, if this was a better show, it would be more clever. But it's trying to go for, like the vibe of like an NCIS true crime type beat and it's not that um especially after we just left the four stooges and charles <laughs> montgomery making a build especially after it's like the last scene of the episode so the parallels don't draw themselves naturally right, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, we're yeah. in like random downtown LA where there's like a group of men playing basketball in like an inner city basketball court um, that has nothing to do with anything we've seen so far. Um, and then one of them, like the ball goes out of bounds and he goes to go like retrieve it. And he sees uh, in the distance um, our good friend Travis's black Dahlia body. And they're like, holy shit, what the fuck? Um, and everyone freaks out, and then we get like a weird little like cryptid shot of Larry in the background, meaning that I guess Larry did this. Which why? Why would Larry do this? Larry has no they, motivation to do this. They they literally just needed to confirm that ghost rules were still real and that the ghosts weren't leaving the house, so they had to show you someone who would be allowed to leave the house right. so that you, the viewer, go, oh, okay, thank God the ghosts aren't cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we give a fuck. <laughs> like, I give a fuck, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though now um, 
Larry has even less motivation to have completed this task than ever before. He's not even in this episode, just to be clear. He just shows up in a weird, like, Bigfoot-style found footage shot of him in the background, which he's standing there watching them discover the body, which, Larry... You don't want them to discover the body. That's kind of the whole point. The whole point was to not let them find the body. You did a bad job. Um, the Black Dahlia was found, like, on purpose. The person who killed her was an antagonistic serial killer who was never caught, who wanted her to be found. Travis wasn't. The goal was to hide Travis's body so Ben didn't go to prison. Right. Um, you did a bad job. Now the police will be involved and will come to the house. That never happens, but it would if right. this was the case. <laughs> it should be happening, but right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a just a general. Yeah. No. The the purpose of hiding a body is to hide the body. Yeah. <laughs> Larry's like, no. I I like I like to put it out by the basketball court so that people. Maybe Larry's just not good at hiding bodies. I mean, he did hide. Hayden's, I guess, but <laughs> that's about it. What if he like wrapped it around a genius and like brought it to a public space, but then like cordoned it off and said it was like an art display and saw how long he could get away with it? Like that, that at least like would a be little creative for you well, kind of body move thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, we're back at the psych ward. Um, Viv- Vivian's in bed once again, and Constance is um, allowed in despite having <laughs> no relation and probably not really being on friendly terms generally with Vivian. Like I can't imagine Vivian would approve this. Not that, not that she's in a given position, the severity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that they're claiming she's in, they would allow her to have that decision making or faculty. Yeah, they, yeah. Either way, Constance just kind of st- strolls in. Um, and is like, hey, so how are those babies? <laughs> to which Vivian's like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, Constance oh. is like, I smelled those babies before, but now I know one of them is my son's, and I am now absolutely feral for these babies. I'm going to definitely steal one of them. Can't wait. She doesn't say this, of course, but that is the implication. Um mm-hmm. And then they have a very, very bizarre interaction where Constance is the singular person in this television show that does not try to gaslight Vivian Harmon um, and is the only person who genuinely has even a modicum of concern for Vivian or her well-being. Uh, This has happened before, too, where either like Moira or Constance is like the only person besides Luke, I guess, who like. Yeah, gives a it, shit. it'll just be like it'll be random moments of just like lady solidarity, yeah. which would make sense if the said characters had shown that characteristic throughout the show, right? It's just weird when they pull it out of nowhere. Yeah. Which yeah, Vivian very much does. Like she's just straight up like, or uh, I'm sorry, not Vivian. Uh, Constance does, and Constance is just straight up like, yeah, I'm the only person who believes you were sexually assaulted. It's me. Yeah. I'm the person who actually trusts you and believes in you and has faith in you. Which is again. <laughs> just so weird I, for constance like, like yeah i guess it's the baby play yeah I, I believe i believe that happened to you now to kill you you know because that's like you know she's not like she's never she's done the complete opposite of like sisterhood solidarity or whatever for the majority of this show or you know what i mean like one of the major moments she's plotting to steal her baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah. At the same time, though, like, this is a, a common theme we see with, because what they do, and they being the writers, they do this in just the few episodes we've seen, or a few seasons, rather. There's mm-hmm. always been a character. It's usually the wife. It's almost exclusively the wife um, is horrendously gaslit by every single person around her to, like, a almost comical degree and then the writers will realize how like cruel it is to have one specific character always the wife Mm -hmm. be like horrendously gaslit by everyone around her to a point where it's like ruining her life actively and causing her extreme distress and they're like well give her one person who's on her side and it's always like the most unhinged person to have chosen it's either like the therapist who's actually the brother or something yeah yeah it's like always like some like random has appeared in two scenes total character also hey question from the non-horror guy to the to the other two is this like i feel like the kind of gaslighting like extreme psychological duress is probably like a pretty common theme but it feels like really mean in this show as opposed to being like 
a theme of the world putting pressure on someone. So, it just feels really mean spirited. Is that common? Or so it, I think they're trying to do Rosemary's Baby, which is very much that. And Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby is, I think, like actually a really frightening movie because she has like no one. Right. She's like really alone, this pregnant lady, and her husband like sold her sold the kid to the devil based or a satanic cult. But it's like it's really harrowing because she's like it's like this. She's questioning reality, all that stuff. And this thing's happening here, though. It is just sort of random because like you kind of know that Vivian's right and you know that there's all this stuff going on. And you also have this backdoor view of like, well, Violet's kind of lying for this scene and Tate, you know what I mean? Like there's too much going on for you to buy into that. So it is just everyone's gaslighting Vivian like an asshole. You know, it doesn't quite hit that note, but yeah, yeah. it might be the length too. Cause like even a movie that's like really tightly crafted where the character has no support lines or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, considering there needs to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes of introduction, there needs to be an action sequence and there needs to be some kind of like ending wind down or whatever. There's at most going to be like 30 or 40 minutes of someone being fucked with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this show where over the course of, you know, nine, 10 episodes, it could legitimately be like five hours of someone being cruelly interacted with, which is just like a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also throwing out these lifelines, it just feels very cheap yeah. because they don't feel like they're very good especially when they're throwing like the big the big life preserver they're throwing Vivian right now is the woman who's like I'm gonna kill you and take your and child yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't know what it wants to be because there's also these shining aspects where like Ben has these hypnosis kind of moments where he's at the oven and doing stuff but he does he never does it like he never like goes nuts he never tries to like directly hurt them except for like conscience reasons that he's an asshole you know what i mean like there's not even like hints that like you could maybe even try for like tate's not that bad a guy but like the house made him do it except it's too extreme whatever but they don't really do that either they kind of make it like no no no, tate's just fucked up too yeah you know yeah because the the other thing is like they wrote out Ben hallucinating and wandering around the house by having that explained as Moira's been giving him fucking laudanum yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. So, like, they also decided to duck out of that plot line. So if they duck back into it, that's even weirder at this point that they felt the need to dip on that plot line. Because, yeah. I don't know. Laudanum, like, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Ben Harmon would have noticed if he was <laughs> fucking laudanum. You think, right? Like, yeah. Oh, you man. Think? Oh, my shit's awfully silvery today. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. No, Ben is the dumbest. Oh. Is, even though Travis is the dumbest, Ben is the dumbest human being alive. But, like, the whole thing, I, it's one of those things, especially in season one, where it's one of those things where to look at it now retrospectively, um, it's hard to give the writers the benefit of the doubt and to read things Mm -hmm. as being um to give them like to be generous with the interpretation but like the gaslighting thing if you want to look at it very very graciously like a lot of things in this show it rides the fine line between just like straight up ripping something off or being like an homage because like to your point of like is this a theme in horror yeah the term gaslight actually comes from a horror movie called gaslight that's where the term originated oh wow um oh i didn't know it was a horror movie yeah Yeah, i was familiar with the film i I wasn't sure if it was like framed as a horror film or more of a mystery that's interesting yeah from like the 40s which i think it was based off a play which is even older but like that's literally where we get the term from and so like if we're very very gracious we can maybe see that like the writers are like oh yeah this is a thing that was like it has a foundation in horror this is american horror story the whole point is we're trying to like show the most egregious but but then they do it so poorly that you're like you're either a ripping it off and ripping it off badly or b like you're just trying to ride the coattails of something else that was much more successful and also did a better job which Mm -hmm. is what they typically seem to do so it's it's yeah it's one of those things where if you really 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 want to be gracious you can view it as an homage but really what it is is just probably a ripoff Mm -hmm. um that they use over and over again I, I was discussing it with um, with a few other friends who are also watching through the show, unfortunately for them. <laughs> and um, one of the things I mentioned was just like, I have like almost no exposure to the horror medium. That being said, I can almost with 100% accuracy detect when American Horror Story is just pulling from something <laughs> else because mm-hmm. it almost always feels 
out of place or it feels like character motivations have instantly skewed by 20 degrees for no discernible reason <laughs> or um, like th- just thematically it won't fit or it'll feel like it's just like a very strong prop or a very strong set piece that has no appropriate build to it like for example the mirror closet was so blatantly like it was like wow that's a really strong interesting set piece that probably has a lot of implications and has a lot of things you could do with it like you could have that be a running symbol throughout the show no it's just a random fucking thing they shunted into the corner because it's not theirs (laughs) of course Uh, and, and it's just gotten more and more and more egregious throughout season one where you can just feel when something's like, you didn't make this. You just put it in to try and seem cooler, man. Yeah, they're like, they're either hoping that you haven't seen the thing that they stole it from, like in your case, or they're hoping you have seen the thing that they stole it from so that you'll be like, oh, hey, that's a nod to so So you point at the screen and clap like a trained yeah, seal. Yeah. yeah. It's, for, it's for like my um, programmer friend. It's like the Stack Overflow method of horror movie writing where you just copy and paste someone else's solution into yours and hope the code Yeah, works. real chat GPT. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so anyway, Constance is like, I, I am the only person who believes that you were assaulted because we know, for once they get it correct in that we know that that character knows that she was assaulted. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that that character sincerely believes. And like there is this ongoing kind of theme of like, Though Constance is terrible and awful in almost every capacity, um, she does have like a shred of empathy for what appears to be some selective women going through a similar scenario to what she's been through. Um, she kind of has identified a little bit with Vivian, who was cheated on by her husband. Um, and I think she kind of identifies with Vivian, who is not being believed about something. Um, although Constance is delusional and is not being believed about something um, that she shouldn't be believed about. Uh, she, I guess, maybe sees a little bit of that in Vivian and in her own selfish way, like, wants to be supportive, I guess. Um <sighs> Don't worry. I love how much you love this character because, like, I can tell Constance is truly your anchor as you're watching (laughs) through this. You're just waiting for the next scene with Constance so you can appreciate acting. Yeah, it's not even Constance. It's Jessica Lang. Like, Jessica Uh Lang is just so goddamn good as an actor that it's like, man, I wish this was a better television show that you were in. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. See also uh, Kathy Bates. See also, yeah, yeah you know. and Kathy Bates as the butcher. Yeah, it's just like, damn, hey, I wish this oh, show was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, there's another detail that I, I think we didn't mention on the first episode that they just blitz past like it's nothing. Okay, so you know how Hayden can't have children because she's a ghost? Yeah. yeah. So how did Tate get her pregnant? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh, Ty. Yeah. Slowby doesn't ovulate. Slowby from the future, though, will uh, will tell you that they that it, there is a little. <laughs> yeah. It's not explained. Yeah. It's addressed. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. They. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give more details, but they. I'll go as far as to say they address it in this episode. Oh, um, did they? Okay, cool. Because yeah. I watched one extra. Yeah. I. I'm not gonna say what it is, but they do. Okay. Um, it will be, like Ty said earlier, something that seems so fucking out of left field and has nothing to do with oh, literally right. anything. Their explanation is that it's not actually a pregnancy. It's a summoning. Right. Mm-hmm. God. Right. Oh, it's so dumb, the pope, dude. The Pope will be involved in a capacity. Um, I will leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we leave the psych ward to um, Ben trying to be a hard motherfucker again. Um this is the funniest fucking scene in the world to me. Ben is sitting in his own house with the alarm just blaring at full like capacity, um, waiting for Luke, the security guard, to come in, um, which is very funny to me because every single time the alarm has gone off and Luke has shown up, it's been like an hour <laughs> after the alarm has gone off. And he know- and that's with Vivian, the person he gives a shit about being in the house. He knows Vivian's not there. So... He's not going to show up quickly. So this means that Ben's been sitting in his house with the alarm going off for like at least an hour, which is so funny to me. 
Um, it's a cool way to get yourself in a good mental state for competition. <laughs> Going to have so much adrenaline coursing through your veins from being in a fucking bomb siren for an hour that, yeah, it, it's going to be impossible. Like Luke's going to say one word and it's going to take 10 seconds in Ben's mind because he's so wired. <laughs> Oh my god and Ben like goes off on this tangent about like how he knew that he knows that like Luke knocked up Vivian um which as I mentioned in our last episode talking about the first half of this episode feels like a paternity test could save Ben a lot of trouble um just a ton of trouble but instead Ben decides to be a monk and try to solve this mystery he tries to Columbo this um, and Luke's like, hey, dipshit. Uh, yeah, Luke, thank God, is the first person in this show that when Ben tries to do the hard-nosed de- noir detective act, Luke goes, no, you piece of shit. I know you're a pathetic little wiener. No, not a chance. And he's like, hey, uh, just so you know, because Ben like explicitly is like, even if it is your kid, you're never going to see it. And I just want you to know that. And Luke's like, hey, first of all, if it was my kid, you couldn't fucking stop me, wiener man. Second of all, I'm sterile. <laughs> like, like, so it's not my kid and you're dumb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which I just want to say, Luke truly is solidifying himself as like a top tier character yeah, to me. Actually. Like, sure, he let a ghost go and didn't report on it. That was stupid. But, <laughs> but you know, I think he makes up for it by being willing to tell the one person or being willing to be the one person to tell Ben Harmon to fuck you know off. what yeah land of the blind exactly yeah so <laughs> yeah. and he goes as far as to be like also idiot I didn't fuck your wife so she must have fucked somebody else if the other baby is someone else's and then Ben's like hey 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 don't talk about my wife like that um as long as right after Ben Harmon is the one who talks about his wife like that um oh, because Ben Harmon is simultaneously the most wife guy and the least wife guy that a human being has ever been. Schrodinger's wife guy. Um, it depends on if he's being observed, being a wife guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Luke's like, you know what? You're you're just you're fucking insane. She's probably better off being in the psych ward yeah. and away from you. Actually, <laughs> goodbye. And then Ben's like, but 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 my wife. And then Moira is like, hey Ben, what are you doing with that gimp suit? Because uh, Ben is like fondly, like fondly holding the gimp suit and like looking at it. Um, I guess like in as t- the writers want us to think that's him putting two and two together. But what it reads as is, "Hey, you stupid fucking moron! Maybe your wife wasn't lying about being sexually assaulted, you fucking idiot." <laughs> um, meanwhile, Moira is doing Moira things and is super horny about the gimp suit. And Ben is like, Moira, please stop trying to fuck me, my <laughs> wife. Uh, and he's like, but, well, I've got you here. Um, do you know what happened to my wife, by the way? Um, <laughs> I think maybe she was sexually assaulted. Um, how in 20 minutes he's gone from Luke is definitely the father of my wife's child to maybe she wasn't lying about being sexually assaulted. That's crazy. Um he does this and then he passes his uh, ghost exam and can now see old mode Moira. Um, and Moira's like, congratulations, Ben. Now you can see things for as they truly are. Which this is like supposed to be a moment of like character development. But what it it's reads not, as yeah. is like Moira being a dick because like Moira knows the answer and is like, no, Ben, the stupidest man alive must come to this conclusion on his own, no matter how many people or lives he destroys in the process. <laughs> People are also, dead, Moira. My question, why is Ben okay with Moira being here? Right. I am fairly certain in the last scene they interacted, Ben told Moira, with no confusion or lack of explicity, um, you're fired. Yeah. Don't be here ever again. <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying you. Don't come back. The end. Period. No, and then the scene cut. No Harmon in the history of history has actually put their foot down and forced someone to not be in their home. Oh, I thought you were going to say remembered something for more than two minutes. That too. Like. That also. Um, but like, yeah, anytime a Harmon tells someone to not be in their fucking house again, the next time that person's in their house, they're like, okay, this is fine, actually. I have no boundaries. You can be in here as much as you want. 
Um, now it's time <laughs> to get um, our kind of our our kind of breadcrumbs as to what the fuck's actually going on. And we're at Constance at at her house again. We're with her at her house mm-hmm. um, with Billy Dean, who is, in case you forgot, because she's not an important character, um, the medium that Constance sometimes hangs out with. Um, and Billy Dean's talking about her career, I guess. And Billy Dean's like, um, hey, Constance, you're being kind of weird. And Constance is like, ask, I don't even remember exactly what Constance says, but she says something like really weird and vague. And Billy Dean's like, you're not fucking pregnant, are you? You're like a million years old. And Constance is like, no, Billy Dean, I need to know what happens when a ghost fucks a person. And Billy is like, this is worse, uh, Constance. Um, I wish you had just said you were pregnant. This is worse. I wish you didn't ask me this. Also, have you ever heard of the Pope's box? <laughs> and the Pope's box is the funniest story I've ever and- heard. It kicks ass. So when they elect a new Pope, what they do is... 12 perfect muscular cardinals pick the Pope up and deliver him to the sad room in the back. In the sad room, there is a tiny sad box with which the Pope's hat contains the only key. He takes the key out and he opens the box. This is immediately after his election because he needs to know the one terrible secret inside. The secret that would drive a man to madness if he knew. The telling of the end of the world and how it comes about and then he unlocks the tiny box and it is a slip of paper that says don't let a ghost fuck a, a person that's bad <laughs> oh my god Edward, and then uh, on the verge of tears and madness the new pope stumbles out of the sad room <laughs> lifted up by his cardinals and being told it's gonna be okay big guy we got this <laughs> yeah it's so much build up for like yeah uh, a go- uh, if a ghost fucks a lady and she gets pregnant there will be an antichrist or whatever like that's literally all it is like it is the least impactful piece of information and they're like no it needs to be a turbo secret and it's like i don't know i think if people figured out they could have sex with ghosts like it would just be ggs in 10 minutes like whether or not it's a secret like people would just if people find a new way to have cool sex they're just gonna do it like you're not gonna stop them man can we just address even before we get to that point um so billy dean knows the secret of the box which means people know the secret of the box which means it's not a secret yeah he doesn't even need to look in the sad box we already know him in la know this freaking secret of the vatican like what the hell you think that like it's not really a secret if everybody gets to just know it you think that like the like the pope would be making an announcement like please don't fuck a ghost that's how we'll get the antichrist please don't fuck ghosts Um, Which also would be the worst thing to announce because there would be at least a few people who would be like, oh, hell yeah, time to get me an antichrist. Yeah, Yeah. or just like, oh, hell yeah, time to fuck a ghost. Like, if you tell people not to do something, they're going to do it. That is the You've made them aware they're capable. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like, it, it would be one thing if she was like, what's presumed to be in the box is information about how the end of the world comes to be, such as, you know, a pregnancy from a ghost. But no, she's just like, yeah, very matter-of-factly, he's like, oh, I know what's in the Pope box. Yeah, yeah I just use my medium abilities to spirit project into the sad room or something, I guess. I don't know. And we're calling it the sad room like that's a funny little name. We've come up with it. No, that's that's it. That's what they call it in the show is like the sad room and the sad box. Yeah, this isn't like a comedian thing of like referring to someone as a sad boy or something. That's like, that's what that's what they called <laughs> Oh, my God. And in the sad box is the information that says just like with a sad smiley face drawn on a small piece of paper. Please don't fuck the ghosts. Um. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty sad information if it just said (laughs) ghosts and people like can have sex, comma, shouldn't, though. You have to use protection when you are bagging a ghost. This is so important. Not even usual reasons. It's... Ghost symbols can cause the apocalypse. I am dead serious about this pope. <laughs> the pope, one tear running down his cheek. I regret to announce we're not allowed to fuck the ghost. The pope will be like, is there like yeah, any like, other secrets? Like not just this. Like oh. Yeah. <laughs> also, the 
so this feels weird to me because like if you want to do a conditional summoning as your big like end of season reveal or whatever mm-hmm. right like if that's going to be the big ordeal is like there's a huge summoning ritual and then if it takes place like something horrible yeah. happens it needs to be like huge and elaborate right like think of the ending of like full metal alchemist where it turns out they had been digging these huge fucking tunnels under the city the whole time or whatever like you know drawing these huge circles doing all this crazy shit um the conditions on this are way too simple and there's no way it would have taken until like 2008 for it to happen (laughs) there's just not a snowball's chance in hell that in all of human history up till now if ghosts can fuck people a ghost would never have fucked a person it simply is not possible that it wouldn't have happened Mm -hmm. there is a statistical probability of 0.00 repeating forever (laughs) it is no (laughs) yeah um that's the end of the episode um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh that's that's what it chooses to end on. Um lot to think about. Um don't worry. There... Uh that's pretty much as much uh exposition as we'll get about this. Uh that the show will give us until season 8 of the television show American Horror Story. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um can't wait, wait, do they just drop do they just drop this plot? No, they just don't give any more information no, about wait, it. Wait, you are wait. left to draw the rest of the owl. Let's 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 wait. Let's back up on that. Let's backpedal from that a little bit. Yes, but then they remember again. I think it's maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So unpredictable. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think the spooky little girl will show up next time? Oh, no. <laughs> is the Antichrist no. is maybe a spooky little girl. No, it's not. Is it, the that's spooky not little girl in the sad box? Is the spooky little girl What's... Billy Dean? Was the spooky little girl the infantata that we haven't seen in like four episodes, despite being like the initial no, linchpin no, no. of the whole series? We know who okay. infantata is. They told us who infantata oh, yeah, is. Like it's, Brad the, or... it's the Montgomery's weird dead son that he build a bird yeah yeah it was but not like, Bo, right they could no right, yeah. 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 Sorry, i'm getting confused now. i just <laughs> it's just wild that that character was introduced and just so i have a theory mm-hmm. i have a theory and i'm not gonna go too deeply into it because a it's not important and b um it's dumb if this is the case. So I have a theory. There is a character that is actually introduced in season eight when they revisit Murder House. Um, that is the mysterious. Don't worry, it's not like plot importance or anything. <laughs> the fourth child. It's Constance's fourth child. Who spoiler we will never see mm-hmm. in season one. Um, and it is a daughter, and she's very young and very creepy, kind of. Um, my theory is that there was a scene where this daughter, who does not play an important role. Um, is seen when, like, Constance is, like, berating Tate or something, um, or, like, maybe bemoaning that her children have caused something so catastrophic. Um, And then they just cut it because they realized that that little girl character served no purpose, just like she doesn't in season eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're like, but we already sent to print that the name of the episode is Spooky Little Girl, so just keep it. (laughs) I can, you know that oh, kind of can I, yeah, I buy um, that completely. That's actually I think a really good explanation. So I'm still the only person who hasn't seen this, correct? Seen what? Season eight, yeah. Season well, no, even season one, oh, just yeah, the yeah, rest yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, that's correct. Can I make one yep. prediction that I I feel very confident in at this point? I feel like this is definitely how many more episodes do we have left uh, in the season? Total, so I think three more. Like I think Th- yeah, three 10, more. 11, okay, um, Luke does not appear in the remainder of the show. <laughs> they just have him say the kids not mine fuck face leave, and then they just forget Luke exists for the rest of the entire season. Okay, I will be a hundred percent honest with you. I forgot Luke was in the show until I rewatched season I was one, so I have about no idea. To say that, and then I was worried it would give away past that's possibly true. You know, he might be at the very end or something, you know? Yeah, I honestly I, could yeah. not tell you. I could not tell you because I, I didn't just, remember he existed. <laughs> Like, I have all my little funny guesses, you know, like, obviously, oh, Vivian's going to have an Antichrist. That's obviously going to come to pass. And then now you're telling me it's not until season eight. So fuck me, I guess. So uh, I guess in that case, yeah, Luke just is gone now um, with no no closure to like any of his relationship with Vivian or anything. He's just done now. He's gone. He's bye. (laughs) 
The best is when we revisit Billy Dean in season five, which is like, wait, why? Huh? Which is even wackier. Like, that's just completely out of left field. And for reasons we'll see. What a wild pull. Yeah, what a weird pull oh, to have. The, the side character who was in like two scenes. And like, I'm sure they do that all the time to try and get the people who love to point at the screen and clap like a trained seal. But at the same Dude, time, like, there's limits, I so, right? I so like, want to tell you so bad why that's even wackier, but I can't until we get there it's like so like what were you thinking like it's insane but whatever we'll get there one day yeah well uh till next yeah. time uh we'll be checking out the next smoldering episode, children which is smoldering yeah. children great this sounds awesome this one at least you'll probably know why it's called <laughs> yeah this one has a reason for why it's called that at least you, yeah oh it, we already did it's burning okay. a family no, alive it's okay. though it's not, it's, we not, it's not like terror it's not well whatever it's not as bad as you might be thinking but it's, it's pretty it's honestly pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> well um till next time <laughs> we'll uh, catch you on the next episode of american horror story bye, bye. <laughs>